0: Hi, and welcome back to Video Drone with me, Fraser. And me, Craig. And um, today we're going to be discussing James Glickenhauser's The Exterminator, mm-hmm. Brian De Palma's The Fury, and then finally, Jim Van Beber's Deadbeat at Dawn. Join us. Cheers. Welcome back, and first up this afternoon, we have The Exterminator, Mm -hmm. the 1980 James Glickenhouse film starring Robert Ginty, Samantha Egger, and Christopher George. Um, Probably most famous for its poster art. Yeah. Absolutely. The the guy with a flamethrower with a motorcycle helmet on. Indeed. Uh, Probably iconic. Um, So, we'll have a quick synopsis of the film. Sure, yeah. Um, It's sort of a Vietnam vet film, isn't it, really? Starts off in Vietnam um where our heroes mike and john are sort of captured and being tortured by the viet Cong. obviously yeah. the escape and then basically the film starts with uh them working in the Mid pattern district in new mm-hmm. york uh where the full foul of a gang it's called the ghetto ghouls the ghetto ghouls yeah well odd <laughs> um and then yeah basically the the, the film is basically well, the, the, the gang have a goat mike and then uh John picks up the sort of baton and then goes out and does a bit of a Travis Bickle on them.
1: Indeed. Indeed yeah. he does. Um, should we talk about the, the post-credit Vietnam sequ- sequence first?
0: The pre-credit, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Sorry, pre-credit. No, pre-credit, yeah. But, I <laughs> mean, that. basically the, the film gets up to a cracking start with helicopters flying through explosions does. and flames. There's great stunt work. Slow
1: there's, motion flying through the air at the very beginning.
0: Yeah, there's <laughs> heads coming off and all sorts of people getting garroted. Um, and it really sort of Really delivers.
1: And Stan Winston worked on some of that. Too. Yeah.
0: Uh, well, Tom Bur- Tom Berman, um, aided by Stan Winston, did mm-hmm. the uh, some of the, the the practical special effects. Uh, yeah, it's good stuff. And so it gets off to a crack and start. But obviously, that these bits are used as flashbacks during the film because it is obviously well, like I said, it's a, it's a Vietnam vet film, mm-hmm. basically. Um, touches of taxi driver, and I suppose it. Yeah, it's about the same time yeah. as First Blood as well. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, but. Let's talk about the rest of the film. Sure, yeah. Um, the first bit of
1: violence in the film, where John and his buddies fight the punks in the storeroom, it's kind of goofy, isn't it? It, you know, after seeing that really harsh Vietnam sequence, uh-huh. you then have this quite
0: badly staged, badly
1: staged fight scene in. Yeah. they To give you a bit of background, the punks are ripping off some stuff from the place they work, mm-hmm. and they challenge them and uh, and have a fight with them. And um, these are the same uh, thugs that are later responsible for hurting Mike. And this is this this is what kicks it all off basically, and um, in this scene, you see one of them get um, hit into like a shelf, in the, and you the, just
0: know the shelf's going to come down. Yeah, on top but it's of like them. very
1: staged. It's kind of like you know brace yourself for getting hit in the shelf, and then all the stuff coming down your head. Yeah. very very sort of coordinated and choreographed. Um, and it's it's a bit sort of crappy, isn't it? Really, it's a bit it cat handed, the way it's done. But um, but I mean, there's there's other things that are really well done in the film, but that that particularly is not one of the um the ones that I would. Uh, <laughs> that I'm thinking of, um, but going into some of the more uh, badly handled elements of the film. Um,
0: well, yeah, I mean on the back of that, the, um, the main character is John. That's Robert Ginty's character. But mm-hmm. his mate Mike John gets, Iceland, yeah. yeah, his mate Mike gets attacked following that attack. The, the gang have the revenge and they put me in hospital and basically mm-hmm. paralyze him. Yeah. And um, so what what happens next has just had my jaw dropping. Is that the, the news has broken to. Mike's wife by John, which yeah. is just not not how, it would not how it would happen, you, you know. It's, it's like, oh, by the way, your husband's just been paralysed; he's in hospital. Huh <laughs> <laughs> It's just
1: and no doctors coming to tell you. There's yeah, so exactly. Movies. I mean, and it... there's a lot of odd things that are in the film that don't really make a lot of sense. I mean, we know it's a movie, and you've got, and you know, it's a pretty old film. You've got to forgive it some things, but God, there's some really odd choices in terms of the way the story progresses. And the editing is very, very strange in this film.
0: Very strange. I mean,
1: going to that, talking about that hospital scene. Um, we see, we see John um, comforting Mike's wife, mm-hmm. and so, of, you know, yeah, all that sort of thing. And then immediately afterwards, it cuts to a scene with, him, uh, with him having a gang member held captive.
0: Yeah, you don't know how he's caught him. You don't know you don't how he knew how he found, found him. him.
1: There's no leading or anything. It's just and it's s- the
0: guy straight away tied up and he's. Got a flamethrower at his, his head, basically. Yeah,
1: and the, and the thing is, is that in a lot of these movies, you at least get an angry shot of his face, or like you know, a zoom shot of his eyes, like swearing vengeance or something. Oh, you, or you'd see him tooling up. You need all a his preamble weapons. to see how he's yeah. going to
0: catch the guy. But, but in it's this,
1: just, it's just straight into it, and it's really jarring. Yeah, because you you you're right. Like, okay, right, okay, we're well, straight it's straight like, away. We're into this territory. Did I
0: know? Uh, did I fall asleep? Did I miss something? Is there a whole <laughs> real missing? Is there, you know what I mean? It's I honestly just,
1: thought maybe I'd nodded off for a second. I just
0: thought I. I had a dodgy copy of the film. <laughs> <laughs>
1: So the editing is very strange, but like I say, you would you would generally expect some sort of leading, but there's there's nothing
0: like that. It Just jump cuts.
1: A lot of the editing in the film's like that, though. It's almost as if some branching scenes that show you how he's gotten to a place, found somebody, or um, done some investigation have been removed. Mm-hmm. Almost like it's a dodgy edit of the film.
0: Yeah, but it's not. It's, I, mean, it's I saw it years version. ago, and yeah. It's, yeah, it's definitely the same, but obviously... Mm-hmm. Watching it now with a, with a view to doing a, a sort of review of it, as it were, you notice these. Things you do really notice more. these things. Yeah. Um,
1: the way the film handles violence is a bit uneven, as well, isn't it? Because we get quite a lot of scenes where he's taking his um, his revenge on on the uh, gang or people associated with them, and it doesn't show you the worst moment of what he's about to do. It'll cut away, mm-hmm. um, and then later. We get scenes where, although it may not show you the act, it shows you the really the aftermath, bloody aftermath yeah. of like the the horrible state he's left people in. And
0: it is a mess, as and well, it's like yeah. really
1: grisly. Yeah. So it, it's it's kind of like on the one hand, it looks like it's going to be one of those less is more films that spares you the violence, and you know there's a particularly disturbing scene where you where you see something that's about to happen, to so when you just hear the scream, mm-hmm. um, but it doesn't show you. And I was kind of quite glad of that because that's quite a yeah, horrible yeah. scene. Um, <laughs> but but then uh, later on it's like all right, okay, so. We're just going to show you this stuff.
0: So, <laughs> so then John sort of deals with the ghetto ghouls, and then he mm-hmm. sort of figures out the guy's working for a sort of mob control, so he goes after yeah. the mob. That's right, yeah. Um, what's known as a meat mobster in the film. <laughs> Strangely. And this leads to one of the stupidest things I've ever seen. Go on. <laughs> you loved this bit as well, didn't you, Craig? Are you talking
1: about the uh, bathroom scene? The bathroom yeah. scene. Yeah. Well, there's
0: a, <laughs> you'll have to set it up.
1: It's so funny; I couldn't believe it. Basically, he has this minder, and the minder goes to Who's the this, bathroom. Who's yeah, this? Yeah, the mobster? the mobster. The checks minder. the
0: bathroom out, makes sure it's it's clear. He has a
1: look. He has a look in the sort of the kind of um the stall. the other, the other entrance in the stalls and stuff. Yeah, he sees there's nobody there, and goes and gives the gives the mob boss guy the okay to come mm-hmm. in. So he comes in, goes to the loo, goes in the stall, and then you just see this what can only seem to be a bin, start to move. It's something, some plastic sort of yeah. a thing looks like a bin.
0: Yeah, it is a move bin, Move, yeah. and, then,
1: and then he just like pops up from underneath it like a solid snake.
0: So, <laughs> first of all, we don't know how he knew he was at that restaurant, or you see him pull yeah. up outside, but you knew exactly where to follow him. Uh-huh. And it's just, no, it's just too much. How does he know he's even <laughs> going to go to the toilet and he's just hiding out in this waste paper basket, well, a giant waste paper basket, basically. <laughs> and and then, then
1: he just kind of sticks them through the window, doesn't he? Yeah. Kind of just to get him out of there.
0: And that leads you to the most infamous scene in the film that the exterminator is known him, for.
1: takes him to the meat processing plant. Yeah,
0: where he's got th- this mobster's hanging over this giant meat grinder and that's mm-hmm. what everybody talked about at school when we were kids because it was... <laughs> Um. Oh, that's. Oh, yeah. It You've fit, got to see the Yeah, like, yeah it like feeds him into, into meat a meat grinder. grinder yeah. Um, um. Which, in actual fact, isn't that bad. It's the idea of it's worse than. Yeah, than what exactly. you have to see Yeah, exactly. This is
1: what we're talking about. For it doesn't show you him getting fed in. No. to The meat grinder. In fact, he gives him uh, a sort of sport and chance to live if he gives him the right information. But yeah, yeah. He he wants he wants money from his safe. He wants to like uh, to rob him and take all the stuff, presumably to help Mike's wife. To give him to give him money for the bills, I believe it does yeah. actually. It, it does cement that fact later on, but at the time I wasn't sure. No, it's not. But not later clear. on, he does mention that he's gotten hurt to take some money, doesn't he? Uh-huh. Um. So yeah, he, he gives a um, gives her this cash later on that he's robbed from the mobster, but that's why he's going there, and he gives him every opportunity to say, "What's your safe combination? What's the alarm system?" He, like which he, he tells him all.
0: But what he doesn't tell him is this that is he's a, got the dog, the vicious dog. Yeah, the vicious guard which dog
1: does give him a good savaging before he puts it down. Yeah. Uh, so then he comes back after previously having warned him that if he did, if he left anything out, uh-huh. he was going
0: <laughs> to... Do, do the worst to him.
1: <laughs> exactly. So he gets fed it in his meat grinder. But as we said, it sort of cuts away and just shows you the meat coming out. But you don't see the sort of gory... I mean, of mean, another, the, uh, another the thing
0: grinder. as well, he's kidnapped them. Mm-hmm. And while he's hanging there, he's, he's questioning this, this mob, ga- mob gangster. He says, Oh, well, what about the rest of your bodyguards and your girlfriend? He says, Oh, I don't know, they took off. Mm. Well, how would you know that? He's been knocked out and yes, kidnapped. Exactly. This is a bad movie.
1: <laughs> it's a very entertaining bad movie, though. Yeah, well. <laughs> I was entertained, but I yeah. thought it was it's so stupid. It's its really, really dumb, but it's so
0: quite fun. He's done the ganging, uh-huh. he's done the mobster, and now he moves on to the chicken hawks. <laughs> <laughs> which is basically paedophiles,
1: yeah, and uh, and there's some pretty sleazy scenes, isn't there? With oh this, yeah, absolutely. I mean this this uh, leading into this um, horrible scene where um, this girl gets burned with a soldering iron, mm-hmm. uh, which mercifully you don't see. It's no, pretty, you don't. Uh, uh, yeah. that's the scene I was talking about earlier, where it cuts away and yeah, So it is nasty. But um, that leads into another really silly thing in the film. She's so horribly burned that she would immediately have to go to hospital. Yet, John goes to see her, to get information from her. Uh-huh. Um,
0: <laughs> and she's on the street, basically. Yeah. But like, when you, she pulls her top off, or you see the top of her chest, and it's all burned, and it's like, you should be in hospital. It's yeah, that Yeah, absolutely, yeah. It's that sort of... So he,
1: he goes to her with a view, to like, looking like he's sort of uh, wanting to, want to sleep with her, but in actual fact that he's starting to get information. And mm-hmm. when he sees that, you know, he goes on the warpath path, even more loading boats with mercury, and he uh, goes to the. Um... Which is
0: a knock off of uh, Jaws 2, I think. Is it? Yeah. Oh, interesting. You, don't remember, you don't remember Jaws 2 when he That's makes the bullets? The he puts the poison in the that. bullets. Yeah. Definitely a knock off of that. But anyway, yeah, so he's put mercury in the bullets. Mm-hmm. not taking any chances.
1: And goes to sort of see this this sort of um, sleazy kind of uh, rapist guys um, who are. who, and including this paedophile guy who's after younger boys and stuff as well. Pretty, yeah. Uh, it's all stuff. pretty nasty. Um. I've <laughs> got to mention that scene with the guy at the uh, at the sort of sex club though he's,
0: you want some oh, sheets you oh, want some sheets yeah. this guy kind of, yeah when he goes to the sort obviously the gets the room by the hour and he says you, you want some clean, wants some clean sheets you want some clean for $5 yeah and he keeps just keeps asking them you want some sheets you want some sheets <laughs> <laughs> that's nuts so yeah and in the meantime in the background to all this sort of uh, violence and mayhem we've got Christopher George as, mm-hmm. as the policeman yeah trying to find out who Bit this a, vigilante is He's
1: been in a few good uh, genre films as Christopher Jones. oh yeah
0: pieces City of the Living Dead uh, the wow, name specific. of you. Enter the Ninja Enter the Ninja yeah, yeah awesome um, Classic. but yeah he's doing what he always does in all the films he usually plays the cop and he's so he's snooping around mm-hmm. trying to find out what's going on yeah. and he's got a totally redundant sort of plot with yeah. this doctor uh-huh uh, which is just a just a means to get him in a particular location at a time when the vigilante turns up it's Mm -hmm. just totally rubbish
1: (laughs) also shoehorns in a plot with the CIA CIA yeah
0: who want want to get it all sort of on the on the down low very quickly
1: (laughs) I've got to mention that scene where the CIA guy is standing talking to him, and he's saying about oh it could be political and it could be this and that. Mm-hmm. He's giving all these theories, and there's just this guy who seems really sinister, standing in the background, smoking sort a of pipe. So the
0: hugest, biggest pipe you've ever seen. Yeah, <laughs> and it's
1: really, really noticeable. Yeah, like, yeah. He has nothing to do with the plot. He doesn't even have no. any dialogue. I don't no. think. But he's just there, and it's so it's so funny because it's it's just like the elephant in the room.
0: Aye. <laughs> so I mean, we're pulling the film apart, but. I don't know
1: it's really entertaining though it's it's entertaining crap it's, like, it's me so bad it's good Really. I mean
0: um, <laughs> there's some sort of scenes that are set in forty second street and this is uh, the height mm. of its sort of powers, i suppose as yeah. been being what forty second street was
1: the grindhouse cinema
0: yeah. place to be you catch all the sleazy films in new york and forty second street um and this film is entirely geared for that. you just need yeah. to switch up you think about it for about two seconds it all falls, it all falls apart. apart. But if you just if it's in the on in the background, it's just set pace after set piece with Yeah,
1: and that's why I enjoy it 'cause it just it rattles along and it's it's fun, but it, it it's very sleazy and it's and you know if you don't like that sort of film uh, don't don't check it out. No. But um but it's just uh very entertaining in general. Um it's got Quite a few sort of uh, what I like to, to call sort of gun fetishism scenes, doesn't it? Where he's sitting loading his bullets and yeah, then the cop's loading up his big shotgun, big shotgun, yeah, and that, And it, you never get something like that in a mainstream film. Where he's, where he's kind of like cutting into the bullets and all this stuff like you know today. Yeah, um, or it'd probably be like a montage loads a quick yeah, cuts yeah, but it's
0: really slow and detailed yeah, as it's, he's it's drilling like, into the bullets, yeah, loading
1: them with mercury, and then he's like preparing his stuff and that. It would have been better off having a scene like that near the beginning mm-hmm. to show you we were going to set out on the warpath of vengeance, but it just didn't didn't set it up. It's just suddenly, there.
0: Just suddenly um,
1: there. Also, there's hardly any music a lot of the time. It's very minimal soundtrack in this Yeah,
0: film. I mean, it has its own theme at the end. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. but it's Which nah, seems
1: wildly inappropriate.
0: Totally inappropriate.
1: <laughs> like a lot of uh, films of this era. The ending has some like completely bullshit twists as well, doesn't it?
0: Oh yeah. The, I mean. The, the, I mean on the disc I mean it's a brilliant disc by Arrow
1: which they generally do put out some yeah, oh yeah stuff. do some good some, stuff Some, they're, they're uneven sometimes and some of the special features are terrible yeah. and some of them are great but you do get some good stuff generally but
0: it, in the special features James Glickenhouse says you can almost see this as a prequel mm-hmm. to First Blood mm. as in you could see like, this could lead to, if it was the same character he could move straight on he gets has to get out of New York and ends up in a small town and mm. gets into all sorts of bother Um, but uh, for me, no, it's getting a thumbs down from me, but I think you want to give it a thumbs up, aren't you?
1: Well, no, kind of in the middle. It's, yeah. it's entertaining stuff, but really, like, it's got so many holes in it, it's like... Pretty I think it's cheese.
0: so hyped up from, yeah. from the early We've 80s got when got it came out. have a few more things,
1: to, things I haven't discussed, though, I just want to sort of... Uh-huh, yeah. It. Um, the, We talked about the video cover being quite infamous, it's very misleading, mm-hmm. because... Um, they, we mentioned he's in like sort of full leathers with a crash helmet. Yeah, yeah. And uh, wielding a flamethrower. Well, the flamethrower appears briefly for about like ten seconds in the film, and he friends yeah. a punk with it. He never goes around burning up criminals with it. No. It never really gets any use apart from to threaten that guy. He's never in in sort of full leathers in a crash helmet. He wears a crash helmet when he steals a he steals a bike from yeah. this kid later on in the film in a very another very odd scene. Yeah. Um. But he only has the helmet, and never is he like fully tooled up like that. No. No. A lot of people think that he. he probably you haven't seen the film, you know, like think so it's goes a, around. a guy running
0: around with a, flame with a flamethrower. Yeah, and even yeah. the
1: poster of the second film has a flamethrower, because um, there was a sequel to this. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think a lot of people, you know, think it's like this kind of. He's like a flamethrower wielding vigilante going around burning everyone up. And that was my impression before I'd seen it. I mean, yeah. Um, I did see it like a long time ago when I was a kid, and I, I couldn't really remember a lot of it. No. Um, But but yeah, I was expecting some more scenes with the flamethrower based on that, because that's the classic poster it for the is, film.
0: It is, it um, is. But really in the film, it's an M16 and a big sort of Dirty Harry Magnum, isn't it? Really? Yeah,
1: that's, that's pretty much it. And the Magnum gets the most use, really,
0: doesn't
1: yeah. it? I mean, overall I enjoyed it, but the editing the continuity in the floor of the film would be so much better. Yeah. Um, And it's just... It's fluff but it's entertaining oh, fluff, that's mm, what I would
0: say. I would say fluffed <laughs> as in it's just broken. <laughs> Very
1: much so, but I, I couldn't help but get some sort of cheesy enjoyment out of it.
0: Yeah, I mean like we said before we've got that funny plot with the Doctor and the Doctor's played by mm. Samantha Regger which just doesn't isn't going anywhere and it just... It's just there to get the cop into the hospital when when the exterminator yeah. turns up. During the
1: midnight admission scene, yeah. watch it and Aye. see what we mean. Yeah, But how class is that scene where the cop's cooking his hot dog at work?
0: Oh yeah, he's got a sort of, a, a jerry-rigged sort of table lamp with a couple of forks hanging off it. <laughs> yeah. He gets a hot dog, plugs the forks in at both sides and just switches the lamp on and there's things in real time is cooking yeah. away this hot dog sausage, it's an inventive solution it's excellent. On the night I want to try that on. Yeah. probably no an hour voltage will probably blow the whole house up but. <laughs>
1: <laughs> anyway that was The Exterminator bit of a strange one um, We I got some enjoyment out of it uh, but, but yeah not exactly a benchmark of quality for these types of films if you like your revenge films though and you like a good laugh? And You'll have to check it out. What W two F continuity and weird plot holes, and you may just enjoy it if, if you enjoy bad movies. Have a look. Yeah,
0: have a drink first.
1: Exactly, it'll make it better.
0: <laughs> right, so moving on to Brian De Palma's *The Fury* from 1978. Um, this was his follow up to Carrie, so mm-hmm. he was already on the sort of ASP bandwagon.
1: Yeah, second for it in telekinesis films. Yeah,
0: <laughs> so I think the studio said, oh, he's good at that, we'll have, we'll have him back for some more. Yeah. So The Fury stars um, Kirk Douglas, mm-hmm. John Cassavetes, Amy Irving, um, Chris oh, Sarandon, Daryl Hannah in a very early role, Dennis Franz is in there, and so is mm-hmm. Charles Dernan, sort of all good sort of character actors that, you, that you'll recognise. Um, and the plot. Based on a book, which was written by who? John Ferris. John, F- right? Okay. He so also
1: I- did the screenplay. Right. For so I guess they guess they thought there was no better person for better person then.
0: for it. So yeah, <laughs> again, ESP um, and, and things like that were massive in the seventies. So the, the, basically, the plot is that Kirk Douglas is protecting his son. Like Kirk Douglas and John Gassaway, these are both spooks, yeah, uh, for the CIA or something. Uh, but Kirk Douglas is sort of protecting his son, who's got this psychic power. Mm-hmm. Um, from falling into sort of nefarious hands, That's it right. turns out to be John Cassavetes But uh, basically, the son gets kidnapped at the start of the film. It flashes forwards a few years, and Kirk Douglas is just trying to get his son back.
1: That's it's, but in a nutshell, yeah.
0: Yeah, um, starts off, and what does the subtitles say? mid East in the Middle East, not in the Middle East, the mid East. <laughs> Odd, but yeah. So it's sort of a bit of a globe-trotting film, mm-hmm. uh, but the majority of the action takes takes place in the USA. Yeah. Years since I've seen the film. Same yeah. Um I remember the Rick Baker FX mainly. It's got a John Williams score as well, so it does you know it's, it's it's a sort of triple A sort of film.
1: Shades of some of his other scores in there we discussed it Oh before. yeah,
0: we'll we'll get to get to that later, <laughs> but yeah. um I can't say it's an over overrinded success for De Palma. But
1: No. It's it has some of his trademark sort of um directorial flair. Oh, the
0: camera's all over the shop and the long takes and the the sort of tracking takes and things like that, yeah. But it's
1: not entirely successful at what it sets out to do, really. Um, We were talking a little bit earlier before we started to record about the casting in this film. (laughs) And Kirk Douglas, a bit miscast in this role, isn't he, really? Totally. I say a bit, I'm trying to be kind. Well, I mean...
0: I mean, there's a lot of stunt doubles in this film, I think. It certainly is. And it's it's just, he's odd. He's one minute, he's high as a kite, next minute he's sobbing his eyes out. And
1: yeah, I don't, you know, unless it's a key scene, I don't really feel like he seems that interested in this role. Most of the time he seems to be pretty sedate, and then if there's something that he's got to react to, like a big scene with some proper plot in it, like, you know, a, a big moment, he he seems to like act his socks off briefly, and then goes back to yeah. a kind of monotone, Gives the like who gives a
0: monkey? <laughs> yeah, who gives a monkey sort of thing. It was a funny period for Kirk Douglas when you think about it, because he made a lot of sort of genre films around. Then he, he was making sort of Italian exploitation films, like Holocaust mm-hmm. Two Thousand, which is, I believe, was an Exorcist rip off. Never seen it. I need to get around to that one. But he did stuff like a couple mm-hmm. of years later. He did Saturn Three. That's right,
1: which uh, is a pretty dodgy film. Yeah, interesting um, film.
0: But yeah, he, he was so, he was a bit sort of all around the shop at the moment. And I
1: can't imagine how the how they, they pitched that. Uh, so, the studio's robo-rape anyone? Uh, yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> also, unfortunately, we see um, Kirk Douglas in his pants in a couple of scenes, and uh, we c- it's hardly a visual treat, is it? No, no.
0: <laughs> but, I mean, I, 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 I do like Kirk Douglas. And, uh, I, do, I do
1: like him, but, um, yeah, it's, I think he's a little bit miscast in this. And, like I say, I think he's maybe been thinking of the money a little bit. Yeah,
0: well, I'm, I'm sure. But, and Cassavetes <laughs> definitely doing it for the money, but he just wears black and looks menacing. He does indeed, he's, he's, uh, as, yeah. he's, as he is wanted to do. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we talked a bit uh, about the fact there's quite a lot of vintage uh, video games in this, isn't there? Is oh yeah, a I montage. mean, it's...
0: it's the,
1: y- stuff looks very dated, and we like retro games, Yeah. We some do. of the stuff in this is like pre-Atari. Pre-Atari, uh, yeah, VCS, you know, it, yeah. And it's there's a scene with like, a sort of home console, and I don't know if it's a Magnavox or something, so we were discussing, we didn't really get into the yeah, controls, uh-huh. but it, um, it looks pretty dodgy, it was... It was it was a chuckle a bit
0: one It is so. I mean, there's loads of sort of um, good actors in this one, or seem mm-hmm. to be good actors. There's a yeah. young Dennis Franz, and it plays a oh, sort yeah. of hilarious oh. little copper. <laughs> uh, Daryl Hannah's in there as, as one of the sort of school kids and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a mixed bag. This film. It's got very m- mixed bag. Very odd car chase in it, where a car goes off what appears pays to be a payer and explodes
1: yes exactly it doesn't really seem to impact against anything it just no, blows b- up but
0: there's a proper pause as it drops about half a mile and then yeah, blows up i know yeah, uh, and then kirk douglas drives a car off the very same payer just about five minutes later and nothing happens he just swims exactly.
1: away so <laughs> clearly his car's in the yeah really.
0: it's bizarre and obviously parts <laughs> of it's set in chicago and then um, kirk douglas appears to be Hiding out in the same hotel as the Blues Brothers. Yeah, that's. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you know. Did you notice that? I
1: did, I did notice that. It's, I was uh... just
0: expecting Carrie Fisher to turn up and sort of start bazooka in the <laughs> hotel. But he does a bit of free running in it as well. Before he be sort of kinked up and yeah. invented free runners. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Well, it takes a while to get going, doesn't it? I mean, the opening's really good. Yeah. It's got a really strong opening, and then it sort of languishes around a bit. Uh huh. Um, showing, you know, the different organisations that are interested in, um, in all all Robin, these...
0: which, yeah. is
1: Peter, which is uh, Kirk Douglas' son. son. Yeah. He's Peter, by the way, I think we, we failed to mention Yeah. And um, there's a lot going on plot wise with all of that.
0: It's um, sort of like a dual plot line because what it is, you've got Kirk Douglas looking for his son, mm-hmm. and then the main time, this. Um, this Paragon Institute, uh, who sort of research ESP, are uh, sort of um, tapping up kids from schools to see that's who's right. got ESP because everybody it. had it then, you know. Of course, uh, <laughs> all, all the cool kids. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, uh, so that's where Amy Irvin comes into it. That's right,
1: and she's uh, and she's basically um,
0: she makes people bleed, doesn't she? She does with her mind <laughs> yeah. exactly,
1: which is what you want. Like that's that's this, that's special power hour. Van <laughs> <laughs> teleportation. Yeah. No, uh, but but going back to her uh, character. Um, she forms a sort of psychic link with with um with son, d- yeah, Robin. and she's able to find out things that are happening to him when they're experimenting on him and stuff mm-hmm. with this, this sinister organization and she
0: gets premonitions and things and she does it, yeah.
1: yeah and you know later on in the movie obviously um peter catches up with her sort of comes to her rescue and then they kind of team up don't they to it's try and get yeah. get him back um, it takes a bit of persuading though it does indeed <laughs> Um, the plot isn't over explained. Is it? You really have to be paying attention to a lot of stuff going on to get yeah. the gist of some of the events in the film, especially the different organizations. Because you've got, you know, they've got the Paragon Institute, which is then, kind of benign, really. Yes, and but then you've Cassavetes, got the, sinister organization. Yeah, he
0: comes in and sort of cherry picks the people who he can use for sort of weaponize them. Basically, exactly. yeah,
1: it doesn't strictly um, underline it, but he seems to be using them for the purposes of war. Like, he seems to yeah. be. Train them up to be like psychic soldiers. I mean, this this is, assassinate people. Yeah, this was yeah. a
0: big thing in the sixties and seventies because the Americans yeah. thought they could do it for real. That's and right, remote to, Yeah, and trying to get and secrets and things like that. There was and loads
1: of projects going on. Yuri Geller
0: was massive around in the seventies and stuff like mm-hmm. that, and we all thought, yeah. And
1: there's loads of stuff been released in recent years about the actual real experiments they did.
0: Well, it's like that men who stare at goats <laughs> yeah, and stuff absolutely. like that? Yeah, I was yeah. thinking of that actually. That's funny you should mention. So it. you've got that element of the film. You've got mm-hmm. the sort of there's a bit sort of runny chasey type element. Mm-hmm. You've got the horror element with with the effects, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of blood in the well, not that much blood, but when it gets bloody, it does get bloody. Yeah. Um. So it's a weird sort of mix of mm. what it is, and I don't think it can really. It's decide part, what it is.
1: Part action and sort of CIA conspiracy thriller, part yeah. Horror film. Very seventies um, conspiracy. It thing. is. Yeah. It is. Yeah. Shades of a few other films in there. Um the scene where, where Peter comes to Gillian's rescue is pretty dramatic. I thought that was quite well done with the super slow mo and everything. Yeah, that um, is good. They, that. They sort of, uh, the scene with the car. We'll not spoil that too much. Showcase. No, but I mean, there are quite a you few standout it.
0: scenes like that. And the camera yeah. being a De Palma film, very restless. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if that's a way to describe it. But no, I mean, it's funny because I was watching this film, so obviously we're coming off the bat of Carrie. Mm-hmm. But in some respects, it's sort of looking forward to a bit to scanners yeah absolutely you, i mean certainly you've got the bulging sort of veins and in, in um and robin's temples when he sort of puts the fix really, on people really uses his powers yeah there. yeah and there also seems that uh, i don't know i won't I was, plot spoiler i wasn't going to go there right <laughs> <laughs> i was going to say something there no you've got to watch the film it is it does i'm sure it pops up on tv from time it to does time,
1: so. um it has been on a couple of times in recent years. It has a lot of it has a lot of good ideas and and like say you you can't sort of um, underestimate how cool that seventies conspiracy thrill vibe is. <laughs> it, does, it does waste a bit of time for for a portion of the film near the beginning where you feel like it could be explaining things in greater depth. Yeah, and I found that a little bit frustrating, but it does really kick into high gear towards the end.
0: Oh, it does I mean? You know,
1: it gets pretty um, intense, especially. With, I won't go too much into plot spoils, but when Peter finally. Confronts uh, Cassavetes and and finds his son again. Yeah, the film takes a pretty unexpected turn. I thought
0: it goes uh, for,
1: for, for what you would expect from this from a film made then and maybe like yeah. kind of direct like department. I don't know. It's it's it gets Cheesy, pretty dark. Is what I it would say. Gets pretty dark at some point. It's, it's also, very dark,
0: but it's just the way it's done. It's like nah.
1: I know what you mean. Hmm.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm making gestures <laughs> off. Obviously, you can't because we don't want to give too much away. But the ending's a bit sort of. It is really over the top, but... Uh, it
1: is very much so. It gets cartoonish at the end, doesn't yeah, it, Brady?
0: Really? Yeah, very much so. It but, um, sort
1: of almost would seem to belong to a different film. Yeah. Um, And if it had been that sort of film all the way along, you know, it, it's sort of uh, more of a kind of B-movie kind of vibe, that would be fine. But since it sort of does, does that at the it's end, not, it's an odd one.
0: Because the way it, it goes very sort of horror movie at the mm, end.
1: It does, yeah.
0: And I mean, for a minute there, there's smoke billowing about. I thought, where's that coming from? But there is actually <laughs> something on fire, so it's just no but yeah i mean definitely a mixed bag definitely worth a watch mm-hmm. Um, if you're certainly if you're a department fan you'll see all those sort of bells and whistles in there Um and it's just just bizarre but like craig says i mean um, kirk douglas when he's stuffing that cushion when he's trying to go he just keeps coming in yeah. a different costume every five minutes because all this he's, he's, he's been totally hunted by the cia or whatever spook organization it is uh-huh. um and he's just like oh, and he breaks into an apartment and he st- spends the night there. Yeah, he, he he spends the night
1: with the family. With, and The granny gets to really like. Yeah, them and they, she's... they've
0: got the invalid granny who's sort of she she's like banging away. <laughs> best mates. With yeah, him. Like... and he's putting shine all the shoe polish into his hair to disguise himself, <laughs> um, and he's got the sort of the actual couple tied up on, on a. On a on a yeah. set A. It's just so bizarre.
1: It is. There's so many strange strange and odd scenes yeah.
0: it? And he gets there by free running, doesn't he? That's <laughs> right.
1: Yeah, we mentioned the free run. That's, that's, but yeah. that's an odd one. No, it's you heard it here first. He yeah. Was the, he was the original.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, I would definitely say that this movie is definitely a mixed bag. It um, is. But I'd, I was worth sort of... A watch. You know what? I was kind of dreading watching it, but I did enjoy it.
1: I was the same because I remembered it more from the special effects point of view. And, and the... A scene that we won't we won't spoil, but it has loads of multiple camera shots, such yeah. shots of like a gory death. Yeah, it's pretty spectacular. I mean, I suppose it, um, that stuck in my mind. Yeah, all I, I was I, thinking of it as more of a horror and B movie type of film, like
0: I, scanners. I, all I could remember from the film, apart from sort of who was in it, if you know what I mean. I
1: knew it had conspiracy elements, but I didn't yeah. really feel it was the sort of film that it was. I was thinking it was a more all-out horror film, like it kind of turns into. Well, the, end. the
0: thing is, I suppose when it was made, seventy-eight. The sort more of, like Carrie really. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, the effects were starting to become big then. Mm. Rick Baker. Found his feet on the back of Star Wars and bits and bobs and stuff mm-hmm. he was doing with John Landis, early stuff. Um, but by 78, well, you had Dawn of the Dead came out. That was all gore. Mm-hmm. So Tom Savini was coming up. Obviously, um, Dick Smith had been around for years and that, but mm-hmm. it really started to kick off yeah. around this time. And it looks like they just, oh, we can do that. We'll shoehorn that in. Yeah. That'll get the bums on seats, mm-hmm. you know. So, um, I'm so, sort of giving it a middling.
1: Yeah, same here. Um, very interesting film. Um, lots of things to check out if you're fans of some of the aforementioned people you know yeah. likes of Rick Baker De Palmer and John Williams and all that oh and, yeah and uh, John Williams score is, uh, John Williams score yes we'll come back to that one
0: well we? yeah there's definitely bits <laughs> Craig picked up on some 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 Star Wars type stuff I definitely picked up some spooky cues that would end up in um, Raiders of the Lost Ark yes Um. so you, you it's dead I mean the, the, even the score is quite over the top really isn't it it is really
1: it? yeah there's some pretty overwrought kind of musical <laughs> yeah. sequences yeah um, but but all in all, a very interesting film. Definitely couldn't rate it extremely highly, but it's it's more than worth a watch. I yeah. would
0: say. And has it, has it just been re released by Arrow?
1: It has, yes, on Blu Ray. Yeah,
0: mm-hmm. I haven't seen that edition to be honest. So yeah,
1: I uh, haven't, I haven't uh, seen that. But one, if it's but an it's, Arrow,
0: it'll be full of features and stuff, and pretty good print, no doubt. Yeah, oh, definitely, um, definitely. So
1: it's it and it is very cheap at the moment, so it'll be a good one to pick up. Cool. Um. But yeah. So so I, in summary. Decent, decent film, but um, definitely yeah. got average some films.
0: Yeah, average films. It's like, mm. yeah, if it's late night on BBC One on a Friday, give it a shot. Tune in, yeah, <laughs> cool. So that was our hundred mile an hour review of the Fury, <laughs> and moving from the sublime, the ridiculous, we're on to Jim Van Jim Van Beber, Jim Van Beber's Deadbeat at Dawn. Indeed. Craig, tell us what it's all about.
1: Well, Van Bever plays Goose, the leader of a street gang known as the Ravens. He decides to quit and live a a quiet life with his girlfriend, Christy. He plans a drug deal that will give them enough cash to start a new life together. Um, However, Danny, the leader of the rival gang, the Spiders, won't let him him get out that easy. And has Christy killed. What a rotter. I know. Goose goes in a downward spiral until he's recruited by former gang member Keith to pull off a robbery. With a newly formed gang consisting of both the Ravens and the Spiders. However, Goose naturally still wants to revenge on Danny.
0: Yeah, that pretty much sums it up. So, this so film, it was, yeah, it was made in '88.
1: It was uh, made for the sort of driving crowd on a shoestring budget. Yeah, and Van Beber said that he'd seen Evil Dead, and he was really, really wanting to. to well, sort thought, of make, I, I can do that. You can make an independent film with a bit of shock value.
0: This um, doesn't look as good as Evil Dead, though, does it? No, it, it? doesn't. It's, <laughs>
1: it's, it's very very low budget, but that's part of its appeal for me. It's a, a DIY job.
0: Well, just put your cards on the table. Craig loves this film to I death. I do. He really, he's got a grin from ear to ear as we're recording this.
1: <laughs> it's a very flawed film, but it's, very flawed but it, but film, but it's so don't? so much fun, and it's so crazy.
0: Sorry, tell us why you like it, Craig.
1: Um, well, the thing is, I mean, when I was in my early 20s, me and all my friends were really into martial arts films, and... My friend John and me had a term for films like Deadbeat at Dawn, and we would call it a beer and takeaway film. Oh, absolutely. That's exactly yeah, yeah. what it is. I
0: see where you're coming from there.
1: Basically, you get a drink and some food and turn your brain off and you just let the craziness wash over you. <laughs> that's exactly what you what you would do with this film. You know, you can't really think about it for too long. It's just a wild and sort of wild ride sort of movie, basically. Um, it doesn't really have any pretensions. It's just a daft, violent, action-packed film. And it's, it's like an exploitation film.
0: Well, 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 pure yeah. and yeah, yeah, definitely, yeah.
1: I mean... We're first introduced to, to Christy um, Goose's girlfriend at the beginning of the film, mm-hmm. and then um, then Goose himself, and it starts off with this very sort of um, silly graveyard fight scene, because basically the the spiders, the rival gang of the ravens, they like, they've they've sort of declared like um, sort of war, and they have this big fight in the graveyard. And in the, in this scene, immediately lays its cards on the table and says it's going to be really violent. You know, there's like people getting slashed and knifed up. Yeah, guy was, gets his fingers shot was, off with a revolver. Yeah, there's blood um, all over. Yeah, and the cops come and they all have to scatter. And we're straight away after that. Um, you know, his his girlfriend basically tells him that she wants him to quit, and he has a bit thing about it. and Decides that he's going to do it for love. Full of love, of course, <laughs> and then um, Danny, Danny Camodi, the, the gang, the leader of the the gang, of the, the spiders. looks about forty. It, it does indeed, and it's funny because all the rest of them are like teenagers. Yeah, yeah. But he yeah. looks a lot older. Than the <laughs> he rest of them. I think it must be the mustache thing. It yeah. must be. Yeah. Uh, but but he uh, he basically says he's not getting out that easy, and decides to kill him. And he, he Goose is planning a drug deal to get um, some money so they can start a new life together, and unfortunately comes back to find she's been murdered and all kicks off from there Goose goes yeah. in a downward spiral Yeah, goes completely mental does loads of drugs and then
0: gets rescued, though, gets doesn't rescued he? by yeah. his uh-huh.
1: former gang member Keith uh-huh. who says we're going to do this robbery and things get really crazy from there on.
0: <laughs> It's it's a bizarre little film I mean it's um, I think in the 80s there was a sort of bit of a movement in America on sort of mm-hmm. no budget films Scooter McCrae Shattered Dead stuff like that yeah Um I mean, I've written down, hey, it's a very low budget and admirable in effort, but not very good. That's my, <laughs> in my opinion, I, I should say. I mean, it's very the, the over stunts the top. and stuff, and, and, you know, the the guys put his neck on the line to this Oh, Van, Van Derne really put his neck on yeah, the line. Yeah, yeah. I
1: mean, it revels in violence in quite a juvenile way. You know, there's blood and gore everywhere, there's martial arts weapons every two seconds. It's like a ten-year-old's Nunch- view yeah. of it, isn't it? Yeah, nunchucks, uh, shurikens. And but some of the action, like Fraser said, it is brilliantly staged. Especially some really dangerous stunts that Van Bever did. Like, I mean, he's he's running in front of a car that's almost knocking him over. Yeah. Jumps off a bridge.
0: That bit when he's getting dragged along, and he's hanging on, hanging on the car door. Yeah.
1: That's that. That was like using a lot of the trailers, and he's yeah. he's basically getting scraped against the wall. That's and He's got like a bare arm and nasty. everything. Nasty. And um, it is uh, impressive. It is a really impressive effort, and there's so much energy in the film. I mean, a lot happens in the first thirty minutes of the film. But the last like forty, it's just like they seem to be constantly up in the ante with something like different and sort of uh, you know even more exciting than the last. And people grow beards and all sorts.
0: And- <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: he did. He did actually say in the documentary that forty minutes of it was filmed at one stage, and then they went back and they filmed another thirty to bump it up to full length. Uh-huh. So there's probably a few inconsistencies in terms of the continuity. Speaking of continuity, there's one pretty jarring thing in it is that Christy asks him to leave the gang because she's really worried that he's going to end up dead. Uh Uh-huh. Because of the constant clashes between the ravens and the spiders. However, she seems to be getting pretty turned on by the violence in the opening scene. Oh, God,
0: yeah, yeah. She seems
1: to be getting pretty... She's,
0: like, sort of, like, wandering towards the fight sort of thing while everybody's, like, hanging back. And it's
1: when he's slashing up the rival guy and he's, like, knifing him, she seems to be... She's almost, like, go on. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, she's she's almost, like, you know, sort of, Throwing, throwing, throwing punches, in punches in the for air. It. yeah, 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 and um. But then in the next scene, the next, which is the next day, mm-hmm. she tells him that she wants him to yeah. quit, and I wonder if that's because of the fact they filmed it as a forty-minute job.
0: Bad continuity, yeah. And
1: they just for later forgot about something they filmed. Uh-huh. But I mean, speaking of continuity, Fraser mentioned something which is quite funny. That um, there's a scene where he's, where after she she says that she wants him to quit. After they've had this big battle, the next day he says, um, I'm going to go and see what the word on the street is.
0: <laughs> Instead he ends up in the cemetery chucking as about Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He basically
1: goes to cemetery and does some nunchuck training, finds a rival gang member who's got a bike, smacks him with the nunchucks and hits yeah. the bike. So that's what's going on <laughs> in the street, on. yeah. <laughs> but uh, we, I suppose we can assume he did find out what the word on the street yeah, was. They just by knocking they somebody show out. Your, they yeah. didn't show you it. Um, the editing's very influenced by Hong Kong cinema, I would say. A lot of the fight scenes seem reminiscent of a lot of like 70s films. And he, he mentions in um, an interview about being influenced by stuff like um, Bruce Lee and Chuck Norris at the time. Mm-hmm. That and is, that's, that's the, kind of evident.
0: The sort of canon films Chuck mm. Norris made, yeah. I mean, um, well, I've, I've got some hokey fights. <laughs>
1: um, some some of them are quite hot and some of them look pretty good. I
0: think. Yeah, I mean, there's there's some good editing in there. There's some really good editing. Um, but whether he is a
1: skilled martial artist, I mean, he can he can do kicks w- and w- his nunchuck would, skills it, are
0: great. He does kicks, but they're not very cinematic kicks. No, no. But do you he, know what I mean? But,
1: but for for the, it's very
0: know, kung fu school kicks. Absolutely. Um, but, but I don't know, I just but don't know, because, the, because of limitations for, for of the film, um, he couldn't the do the angles and stuff like that. Yeah. But, I mean, there's a few nods in there, the sort of clockwork orange people mm-hmm. wearing cod pieces. There's
1: a guy with his pants over his over his, uh, yeah. his jeans, which um, is Bone Crusher, I believe, isn't it? Right, bro? yeah. I he's think, a pretty funny I, character. Yeah, yeah. His, his I Hate People speech is a bit over the top.
0: <laughs> is that the one I on, on people, the man. on the rooftop? Oh, no, no, that's a different <laughs> one. Who's the guy on the rooftop who just declares he's the baddest MF in the world. I
1: believe that is also oh, pushing yes. it. Is that year right? It is him. Got but he has this really over the top speech where he's like, "I hate people, man. People have fucked with me my whole life. I don't care." <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, pretty, it's kind of embarrassing, but it's, it's but, yeah. But, but it is uh, it is funny. Um, I think that Von Beber was kind of an upstart.
0: I've got written the bizarre speech on rooftop about being the baddest MF. <laughs> And the, you can, the guy who's standing next to him is going, "What's he going on about?"
1: His nickname, Stubby, as well as Born Crusher and Stubby, Stubby. Right. <laughs> who, uh, who, who, who um, Danny sends to kill Goose's uh, D- girlfriend. Yeah, you can tell Van Beber was a young filmmaker, and he's trying to be rebellious and make like the equivalent of like a punk rock film. Oh, you it's know? very punk rock, like definitely. It is. Yeah. It is very much. It's, it's definitely do it yourself. And he, in fact, he has a punk rock band called Skin Puppy. Does he? Yeah, I mean, in fact, they didn't provide the music for the soundtrack. He got somebody else to do that. Mm. Which it's more, it's more kind of uh, metal and like, you not know, rock. But um, the,
0: the setting is some sort of I don't know where he actually filmed it. I'm I presume sure, his hometown, but everywhere seems to be in sort of he abandoned does, tenements and that's things right, like that.
1: Yeah. And he, he set out to make. A film that would uh, play at the driving crown, Did he succeed in that? I mean, he's very unpretentious. He he hasn't in this interview. He basically said, you know, it's a kung fu revenge film, and it's you know, it's it's gory and full of martial arts weapons, yeah. and that's that's the thing we liked back then.
0: I mean, the the final showdown at the uh, at the train station is quite good. It is. It, it is it's, quite good. I really like that. scene. Well, <laughs> that's one of the main. You know what he needs. to only he can't do is Tom Cruise run. <laughs> 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 he's a crap runner. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. And going back to um, a key plot point of the film is Christie's death. It's the most oddly handed fil- scene in the film. Yeah, I think because yeah. for such a major event, it doesn't really linger on what happens very much. I mean, Bonecrusher and Stubby, the two characters we talked about before, they come to the the apartment to kill her, and um, she's sort of fighting inside. And then they get in, and it cuts between this drug deal that he's doing
0: and her yeah and her being attacked. terrorized. Yeah,
1: but really, there's there's a scene where the outside, then they're in. And then the then it's in the middle of them beating it to death with no real start up to the attack.
0: Mm, just cuts back in. And it, then yeah. him
1: going back and finding her dead. Mm. And the the thing that cements Goose is is, is not an antihero but a bastard, <laughs> is the fact of how he gets rid of a body.
0: Oh God, yeah, he incinerates
1: it, doesn't he? It's a, it's a trash compactor. Yeah.
0: Oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, sorry,
1: sorry. Yeah. So he gets rid of the body like, of the girl oh, he, he supposedly like, oh God, loves yeah. in a rather gruesome like, way. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's really breaking his heart, but then he just. Dumps in a crash, crash, trash compactor. Presses press the, the but- sort of yeah. the button to, to like squash it, and it's like
0: that's right. Is <laughs> um, the,
1: the dad? We've got to mention the dad. Yeah, that's After right. After Goose that's... completely loses it and goes on a downward spiral, he goes to like uh, he goes to his dad's house, and his dad's like well, a house. Psychopath. Would you call it a house? Well, <laughs> hovel <laughs> room somewhere. Yeah, medieval hovel. His dad's a junkie, and he's completely like whack going off his head, yeah. spouting loads of nonsense. And Goose like sort of breaks down, telling them about Christie's death, and he just asks him if he's got any money. Yeah,
0: <laughs> but he just... goes on this mad rant, doesn't he? The dad. Yeah. that's awesome. I mean, that is quite funny. That he seems
1: to have been a former soldier, doesn't he? He's talking yeah. about his men, his men in his unit being killed like it was yesterday. <laughs> you know, there's a lot of um, sort of seventies and eighties like DIY films that talk about like you know, burned out Vietnam vets being totally crazy and that yeah. like, combat shock and stuff. Combat, around. yeah, yeah, that's very yeah. much similar sort of vein. This that's them. a very yeah. DIY movie. As oh, well, definitely, isn't it? yeah. Um. But yeah, it's it's really horrible the way he just you know pauses out about about his girlfriend being killed, and he's just like, "You got any money?" Aye. No. Uh, and um, there's some really there is some really cheesy dialogue like Bone Crusher. Do you know where your solar plexus is? Yeah,
0: uh, yeah. Psh, Oof, smacks him, smacks on him one, yeah. <laughs> Bizarre, and there's when, Ouija boards and all sorts.
1: Because the girlfriend's like um, got a sort of uh, well, she's. I don't know if it's a grandmother or just an elderly relative or what, oh, but no
0: friend, yeah, no
1: friend. But she's like some sort of fortune teller, and there's like scenes where she's using a Ouija board, mm. and it's not really anything to do with the plot at all. It's just kind of there.
0: It's just good Bay movie stuff, isn't
1: it? I suppose so. When they commit the robbery, because obviously we mentioned before that Danny, the the rival um, gang leader, yeah, and. Uh, and Keith, who becomes the gang leader after Goose decides to quit, yeah. form a kind of gang together inside to pull yeah. off this robbery after forming alliance, and they rob an armored car. But well, it's it's really funny how sort of silly the the robbery is because Goose is like up a rope yeah. on the side of this building, and he throws a really theatrical windmill shuriken. At a, a cop that kills him. Yeah. Uh, it's and giant it, And it? it's a really giant shirt and the type that you only use in films and you just wouldn't be able to throw in real life. Yeah. I and mean, it's it's one of those, like I say, window ones with kind of curved edges uh-huh. and you see them in like um, loads of kind of like uh, old school like, ninja films and stuff and just, they wouldn't, yeah. they wouldn't saw through the air. <laughs> <laughs> they would float off somewhere like a frisbee. <laughs> exactly. But it's like, you know, we are talking about how he's he's not the most sort of likeable character and the fact that he just outright kills a cop. I mean, it's been gangs he's been fighting and he's done some dodgy things, but really it's the first time he just out and kills a good guy, really. Yeah. So that definitely cements him as not the most likeable character. <laughs> but like like Van Berber says, you know, he, he didn't set out to make a sort of uh, Shakespeare or uh, or Kafka. He just wanted to make Certainly didn't. a fun B movie. And, he, and I think he succeeded in that. I've got to mention the bit where the guys, the the workman guy gets run over.
0: Go on, then do it.
1: The, I mean, some of the gore effects are decent in that, you know, for what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's edited really well. There's only there's one bit though where the editing kind of falls apart.
0: Is that because the effects aren't too good, <laughs> yeah, exactly. or you kind of get, there's no getting can't away can't from really it? You hide it. Yeah.
1: And there's there's a scene where a workman is is run over when the gang there's a gang uh, some of the gang members are pursuing Goose after everything goes really crazy at the end and the gang members are trying to kill him and he's running from a car and uh, as he's running there's some construction workers on this bridge and one of the construction workers kind of puts his hand out as if to say stop, stop Yeah. but the actor just looks so stoic like he's not bothered at all yeah. that he's going to be run over it's just like he's just like it's more like I don't know like a lollipop well, man doing
0: a dance guess. move <laughs> 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 I know you can't see our emotions but it is a bit just like
1: Stop Hammer time. Seventy <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, he puts um he puts his hand up and the ca- the car doesn't have time to stop and just kinda of plows into him and kills him. Uh huh. But it's this ridiculously bad dummy getting like hit at about sixty miles an hour, flying out of the frame. Genius. <laughs> and then they've put the windscreen wipers on wiping all the blood off. The blood off, off at
0: Benny Hill at its best. <laughs> That's what all it is. So
1: And I really like the editing in some of the film, but it but that just <laughs> totally uh totally loses it.
0: So, to tie this up a bit, quick: did this film ever get released in the UK? Because obviously in the well, 80s, the nunchucks were a no-no.
1: I don't think it did, because I don't ever remember seeing it on video. And I know that exploited films released a heavily cut version. Right. Exploited films were into like DIY and punk rock films. They released mm-hmm. a documentary about G. G. Allen, I think. It was oh, notorious.
0: yeah. I think they actually put um, Vigilante out. they, they yeah, did. Back yeah. in the
1: day. And they did release this in the 90s on VHS. And that would have been, like I think, mid-90s. But right. I'm not entirely sure, but, but it was, it was it cut. But chop the bits, was it? And they tried to get an uncut release, but it just wasn't happening. Not was, only because it it's very now, gory. Though, oh, yeah, it yeah. would now. I mean, there's worse films that are available yeah. now. God, yeah. Uh-huh. Um, as well as all the gore, it has a fairly depraved tone. You know, lots of drugs, junkies. and
0: It's very downbeat, yeah. It's
1: very downbeat, especially the ending. We'll yeah. not get into that, because no, you have no. to see the ending for yourself, because yeah. it's pretty grim stuff. But, um, you know, in in summary... It's a it's a crazy film and it's completely like breached to logic in some places but I just think it's fun
0: so Craig's all over it <laughs> I don't think I'll be running out to watch it again soon but uh, I managed to get my way through it so yeah we'll draw the line on it there
1: and indeed, a film with energy, but um, not the most professionally <laughs> made.
0: So, I think that's the end of this week's episode. Indeed, or this yeah. month's episode, whenever it's going out, yeah, at um, whatever time scale
1: us again for another installment of Video Drum.
0: Yeah, cool. See you later.